Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Jeremy Hurwitz from SellLikeASpy.net. I will not do his introduction justice, however... You need to know, and we're going to find out, that Jeremy has spent expensive time working with the civilian layperson term would be spies, espionage agents, folks in counterintelligence, folks in all kinds of unique security situations, and now teaches business owners like us how to sell like a spy, how to establish rapport, how to put people at ease, how to get them to open up and increase our conversions. Jeremy, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Seth. Our pleasure. So let's go back in time a little bit, because I know you didn't start out um, working with secret agents, shall we say. How did you get into the sell like a spy business? Yeah, uh, thanks for the question. Uh, I think it goes back to the beginning uh, of how I started my career. And the theme of my career has been not only kind of intelligence and, and foreign affairs and all that, but uh, also kind of a multidisciplinary life, which I think is a really valuable thing for anybody who's in sales or wants to connect deeply with people to have. So I went abroad when I was 22 with a backpack and a guitar uh, over to Europe trying to find a life of adventure. You know, an English major wanted to uh, become a journalist. I did that. I settled in Prague and uh, that led to a decade overseas between Prague and Shanghai. I was a freelance journalist, but critically for the idea of business development, I also built a, a media association called Project Syndicate. 
Um, and that gave me managerial experience, sales experience, strategy experience, as I was also writing on foreign affairs, which was what Project Syndicate was all about. Um, then I came back and got into corporate consulting, but I don't know if you'll admit it, continue on with that or uh, that's that's apparent. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you get from foreign affairs overseas to sell like a spy? Yeah, absolutely. So I came back uh, to New York where I'm from and I found I was looking to make a change in my career. You know, I've I've done that a few times. I, I have a little bit of a restlessness. I'm always looking for new challenges. And, uh, you know, I was ready to make the change from journalism. And I found that this world of corporate security looks to hire, in addition to people with government backgrounds, you know, lawyers, journalists as well. And uh, my investigative background, in particular, my background in China uh, was appealing to these firms. And they hired me, um, you could say, to crack the financial services sector. And I teach that these days a little bit going. In some ways, I went undercover to crack the financial services sector. But that led to roughly the next 15 years of working in corporate security in you know, corporate espionage, if you will. All right. So working in corporate espionage, what are some of the most valuable lessons you learned in terms of how people communicate? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really all about connection and finding ways to connect with people when they're, you know, not uh, when you don't have that easy rapport. Sometimes you hit it off with people, but other times you don't. And there's a lot of times you need to influence those people and find ways to connect with them. I talk about a famous uh, quote that's attributed to Abraham Lincoln that I don't like that person. I must get to know him better, you know, like take it as a challenge. So there are a variety of ways I talk to people about how to showcase their vulnerability to create intimacy, how to humanize yourself to build credibility, which makes a lot more sense when I have time to go into the details. Um, I also spend a lot of time on how to develop an active listening practice because there's tons of bank shot ways that you can build rapport and connect with people if you're showing them respect of listening truly very deeply. Um, and then we talk about elicitation, which is a subtle way to collect information. Sometimes it's about asking questions. Sometimes it's about not asking questions and let them tell you things. Um, and then perhaps finally mirroring. Um, and I also bring into mirroring, which is a popular skill taught in the business world, verbal mirroring, which is something popular with FBI hostage negotiators to um, get them to connect with uh, their targets in very difficult environments. So I offer a variety of different strategies and skills to help people augment their ability to quickly connect with their targets. That makes a lot of sense. How have you seen that play out? I know you've got people who have used your method, many, many people who have used their methods and increased their results. Can you give us an example or two of kind of like the before and after? You know, I'm, I'm afraid I can't specifically. A lot of times I keep in touch with uh, these clients, but, you know, Sell Like a Spy isn't, um, is only a couple years old right now. So I can't, po you know, point to like 50% of my clients have doubled their revenue in year two, you know, not that kind of thing. And what I think is, uh, you know, I'd love to be able to say that, but I also uh, won't go too far with all this. I feel like the sales world has over-indexed on metrics. Um, you know, I'm not, uh, I get in trouble with a former boss of mine because I'm not a huge fan of quotas. I perhaps they're a necessary evil and all of that. But, um, you know, I think that we have lost a lot of the human element in teaching sales to people, you know, do A to get to B. Here's how you do cold outreach, especially with the pandemic and not being able to be in front of people as much, though there are some silver linings and details that I talk about with, um, with regards to that. But um, I don't know that all of the skills I'm teaching are going to be easily quantified 
quantifiable and saying doubling your revenue and doing X, Y, Z. But I can assure you that over the long term, you'll you'll have a more effective sales team. You'll have a, uh, you'll have more good communication within your team because I go beyond just sales too. I speak to corporate executives and a variety of different types of groups because it's whether you're sales, whether you're a salesperson, whether you're a spy, whether you're a journalist, anybody who deals with people in their in their careers, or if you even go wider, you know, your personal life uh, could benefit from this. So essentially, unless you're a hermit or you're somebody, maybe a computer programmer who, who doesn't get, leave the house or something. Uh, so I cast a wide net for how these skills can benefit your career and your personal life. Absolutely. So what do you think are some of the most common errors we're making in our communication on a regular basis that obviously your program helps fix? Yeah, well, uh, a couple things. Going back to the idea of elicitation, a lot of times people meet at somebody that they want to get to know and they want to influence, and we make the mistake of asking a million questions right away, thinking that that will demonstrate respect and interest in them. And to a degree, it does, but it also tends to put people on their guard, can make people feel they're being interrogated. Sometimes people are unsubtle in the information they want to learn. So I think they're making that mistake. I think people in general are terrible active listeners. You know, I, I have this meme in my uh, presentation about, oh, I forgot that person's name in five seconds. And we, you know, people say, oh, I'm bad with names. Everybody is bad with names. You know, it just, and there are some really strong reasons why behavioral science shows us that we are that way, why most people listen with an intention to reply and uh, and not necessarily an intention to be learning and listening. So I think active listening and the mis- and not being a great active listener and and, you know, the way we question people are two of the biggest mistakes I see. Absolutely. Active listening is definitely a game changer. And the way we come across matters. Um, I know my wife tells me all the time, you could have said the same thing in a different way. And I would have positively responded. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. So absolutely. Um, yes. So talk a little bit about. Um, you teach a really interesting concept called personas about, mm. you know, overcoming challenges inspired by spy tradecraft. Tell us what you mean by personas and how someone could actually, I know you don't have time to teach it, but how someone could use something like that. Yeah. So I have a, a workshop that I teach called sales in disguise. I start off, it's called spies in disguise as I set the table. I, you know, a lot of times I like to start my presentations with a little bit of details about the world of intelligence, misconceptions, terminology. And to start this one off, I talk um, about how this is an area that Hollywood's, you know, somewhat gets right. And because uh, spies do use disguises and I share the details about, you know, light disguises versus heavy disguises. I talk about the relationship between Hollywood and the C- CIA, which is extensive. Um, uh, the CIA learns a lot from Hollywood. There's been cross-pollination there. But then getting into the sales aspect of it, it's like, look, I'm not telling you to physically wear a mask. But after I've told you about how spies put on disguises and how they live their cover stories, I provide people with a few scenarios. And uh, then I give them some fun descriptions of uh, a couple of characters that I've utilized from popular culture to overcome uh, a few different scenarios. And the idea is to augment sides of your personality or de-emphasize sides of your personality to meet the moment. And I use that classic Walt Whitman quote, you know, do I contradict myself very well? Then I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. I urge people to lean into their multitudes and use very specifically different sides of their personality that will serve them in their in that moment. And we talk about other characters from pop culture, whatever the case may be, that inspire them that they can, you know, use and to inhabit, to put on, uh, to to become, if you will, for that period of time when they need to embody those traits. So that's a rough sketch of that workshop. 
And it sounds absolutely fascinating. Can you give an example of, let's say, what would be a side of my personality I want to emphasize? And what would I want to de-emphasize? Like, how do we use that? Uh, talk a little bit about how you teach how to make, you know, the best of ourselves on purpose, I think is how you put it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give you a little bit of the special sauce here and talk about the characters a little bit. I joke, I, I get a lot of laughs because after I've described this, I have a picture of uh, one of the classic images of Mad Men and I call it the Roger Sterling and Don Draper kind of methods. And they're flip sides of a coin, right? They're very different. And um, I give a scenario in which I'm going, to, I have to go to a happy hour that I do not feel like going to. I've had a terrible day at work, bad sales meetings, a fight with the wife, whatever the case may be. And I have to go socialize with these junior associates and, you know, they, I really need them to love my firm and use my service. So how do I do that? I do that by embodying that Roger Sterling character, who is, of course, gregarious, the backslapper, the entertainer. And I have that, that trait within me. I just do, I feel grumpy and I don't feel like being there. So I accentuate that side of my personality. I de-emphasize the cynicism, you know, the other side that's there too. And I get through it. And the Don Draper side is I give an example. I've, I've, uh, I've worked with hedge funds quite a bit. So I'm going to see some super arrogant man master of the universe hedge fund that doesn't want to give me their time. They're dismissive. It's a low likelihood sale. Well, I want to embody Don Draper there and act like, look, I have gravitas. I have charisma. I know exactly what I'm talking about and I can make you money. And I am going to, uh, you know, tell you about what I do. And if you don't, and I'm going to use FOMO as well. And I have a few other strategies I teach about the power of anecdote because Don Draper was really good at that. If you remember his pitches and how to get past that arrogant, low likelihood sale from that, you know, arrogant, difficult client. And you do so by embodying somebody like Don Draper. And I have that in me too. I do have gravitas. I do have charisma and I do have a certain degree of expertise. So leaning into these different sides of your personality at different moments. And here's a term I use a lot and spies do this really well. Bringing the subconscious to the conscious and acting with intentionality is a way to overcome those challenges and bring out those best sides of your personality and behavior. Why do you think we as business owners and sales professionals fall into some of those traps and fail to communicate as effectively as possible? <laughs> because we're human, you know what I mean? Because we all have bad days and good days because our, our viewpoints are skewed towards our agenda. And we think, why doesn't this person see things as I do? We don't spend enough time thinking about the motivations on the other side, especially in sales. You go in gung-ho and excited about what it is that you're selling and offering and you go, why don't they want this? Why don't they see this? If you take a little bit more time to understand the motivation of the target, you're going to have a better, more effective sales pitch. Is this somebody who's in a new position? They've just been promoted and maybe they want to put their stamp on the business by considering a new vendor. You know, like what, what is understanding the motivations of the target is key. And that's what spies do to figure out how to make their very specific kind of sale, if you will. I think that makes a lot of sense and is absolutely fascinating how you structure that. Tell us a little bit about the work. You mentioned speaking engagements, courses. Tell us a little bit about the work you're doing now and how you're getting this material out. Yeah, getting the material out. You know, I, I, I I'm going to talk to you about talk, speaking a little bit, but I'm, I'm, uh, I have a book proposal. I have about 40 pages written. I think I have a fantastic book on my hands, and so I'm just hunting for the right agent. So if anybody's listening and they're they're a book agent, please get in touch. I'm having some conversations, and I'm, I'm confident that that will be out in the world, if not this year, then the following one. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm a good networker, uh, partially because of these skills. So I've been mobilizing my network. I have a few people that I've spoken to who just think 
this is a super cool and novel idea who've become something of a, a patrons to me and they're and they're mobilizing their considerable network. So, you know, I've had some great runs uh, speaking at conferences. I'll be in um, Arizona uh, this month at the B2B market exchange at the end of the month. I'm doing two sessions there. I have some Fortune 500 companies that I'm setting up um, sales trainings for. Um, I also speak to small groups of corporate executives about um, some other bank shot skills like detecting deception, um, diffusing difficult encounters, skills of social influence. So there's a broad net. It's so like a spy is obviously CIA stuff, but it's also kind of a range of the elite government service officials I've worked with, including FBI, Secret Service, Special Forces, and others. So um, it's a mixed bag, Seth. It's absolutely fascinating. For our folks watching and listening who want to learn more, where can they learn more about you? Well, I'd urge them to visit my website, which is uh, www.selllikeaspy.net, all one word. Um, you know, selllikeaspy.net is it. And then um, just connect to me on LinkedIn. Uh, H-U-R-E-W-I-T-Z is how you spell my last name. And I love to connect to people there. And, uh, you know, would love to see if there's some way I can help your business and help you communicate uh, more effectively and connect with your targets. Awesome. Well, we know your time's incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. This has been Seth Green with Sharkpreneur for with Jeremy Horowitz of SellLikeASpy.net. Jeremy, thanks again for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll talk to you. We'll see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.